What's up everyone? Welcome to Red Rocks Young Adults YouTube channel. We're so glad that you're here. We hope that through today's message you would leave challenged and encouraged, but ultimately have a new encounter with Jesus Christ. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this message. Can we please give a great young adult welcome for the one and only Charles Metcalf. Come on! But that was good for me, but can you give it up for Jesus? If you love Jesus up in here. Well, listen, I am, uh, is anybody excited to be in church on a Thursday night? Hey, listen, uh, I want, here's what you do. Find a neighbor, find a neighbor, find a good looking neighbor, find a good looking neighbor, find a good looking neighbor. It's about to be real telling. It's about to be real telling. Look at your neighbor, say neighbor. I waited all week to sit next to you. So I hope this is good. Now give your neighbor a high five and you can grab a seat, grab a seat, grab a seat. Well, listen, before we jump in tonight, I want to take a moment and uh, just let you know how excited and honored uh, that I am here to be here with you all tonight. Uh, I believe tonight's going to be a special night. It's going to be um, a powerful night. I got to take a moment to think. Uh, I literally feel like I've never met the exact opposite of me, but I feel like Andrew Matron, like I'm short, little tan, skinny. He's tall, strong, and bald. Like it's like the exact, but no, thank you so much, seriously. And I don't say that lightly. Um, what he said, it's a big honored to be able to have somebody to come in, and I don't take it lightly, and so uh, tonight, we're going to build the house tonight. Like, it's we're going to get better. Is anybody ready to get better tonight and, and grow? Hey, listen, something I want to say, and uh, he didn't tell me to say this, but I, I say this anytime I get the opportunity to come speak somewhere, um, is the, the short of it is do whatever he tells you to do. Like, and I say that jokingly, but I mean, it's easy for me to come up here and come speak one night, and then I'm going to go back home to my wife and my son, and but... There are people here, the team, Andrew, they're building every single week. They pray for you. They believe in you. And they don't want something from you, but they want something for you. And uh, I just want to challenge you. If you're not serving, you need to serve. If you're not going to Red Conference, you need to go to Red Conference. And this is not like this isn't about like, oh, we just they need people. No, this is about your life being changed forever. And sometimes you're in something so much that you don't realize what it actually is. And from someone on the outside, I want to tell you that this is special and that the more that you get involved, I'll illustrate it this way. You can go to the gym all you want and look at the weights, but it's not going to do nothing for you. But until you get involved and start picking up some things and put your hand to it, you'll start to see the return in your life. I'm already preaching and this ain't even I'm talking about Red Conference right now. In the same way, you can come to church and sit and observe and look. But until you start serving, until you get in a group, until you start inviting people to come to this thing, you, that's the only time you'll start to see the true results in your life. And so I just want to challenge you, no matter if you've been following Jesus your whole life or maybe you're new and you just somebody tricked you into coming. And uh, regardless of how you got here, I think you're here on purpose. And uh, I want to challenge you to get involved. Come every single week to this place and uh, make sure you stay a part of Red Rocks Youth, Young Adults. Is anybody ready for the word tonight? All right, um, I got to let you know this. And this is going to sound harsh. Like, are we can we be friends? Are we friends? Yeah. Oh, dang. Okay, we ain't friends. That's cool. Uh, here's what you got to know. Like, and I say this with all, uh, with all just like seriousness and humility. And, and uh, it's going to sound really spiritual, but it's not as spiritual as it sounds. I had a completely different message that I was going to preach. And literally this morning, I woke up 
and it was a compl- there was like something was in my heart like, no, you're not preaching that. You're going to preach this. And I don't say that like, you're like, oh, wow, that's so spiritual. It really is not that spiritual. Just, I, I woke up knowing like I'm not about to preach what I decided I was going to preach. I'm going to preach what God just told me to preach. So there's someone in here tonight. There may be more than one person. It may just be one person, and I'm okay with that. That this, if you've been waiting on a sign to wonder if God cares about you, if he loves you, if he's concerned about what's going on in your life, this is your sign. Like the moment when I start talking, you say, ooh, that sounded like, sound like maybe that was uh, something that I was like. Take that as your opportunity of God loves you. He cares about you. Um, and here's what I got to warn you. I grew up in Bowling Green, Kentucky. So my dad's a pastor. And, uh, and so I grew up like hearing preach preaching. And I don't know, like, this is my first time in Colorado, so I don't know how y'all do it here. But I'm about to preach preach. Like, I'm not going to wait for you to come along. So... It works better if you talk back. So if you think it's good, just say, ooh, that's good. If you don't think it's good, be quiet. Um, <laughs> turn in your Bibles to uh, John 7. Uh, John 7 is where we're going to be. I have a lot of different scriptures. Um, literally, I was on the plane writing this message, and there was like a thousand scriptures that are in my head, but this is where we landed, and I think uh, this is where God landed, and so that's where we're going to be tonight. So uh, who in here has a real Bible? Like, you didn't have to charge your Bible. Put your Bible up if you got it. My goodness, we're going to get in heaven before everybody. We're going to show them our Bible. Y'all's Bible going to be dead. You have to charge it. All right. I got a real Bible because I'm just, I, I like it that way. So here's what the Bible says. John chapter 7, starting in verse 1, it says, After this, Jesus traveled around Galilee. He wanted to stay out of Judea, where the Jewish leaders were plotting his death, but soon it was time for the Jewish festival of shelters. And Jesus' brother said to him, Leave here and go to Judea, where your followers can see your miracles. You can't become famous if you hide like this. You can't get the blue check, Jesus, if you won't post pictures. You can do such wonderful things. Show yourself to the world. For even his brothers didn't believe in him. Jesus replied, now this is not the right time for me to go. But you can go anytime. For the world can't hate you. But it does hate me because I accuse it of doing evil. You go on. I'm not going to this festival because my time has not yet come. After saying those things, Jesus remained in Galilee. If you're taking notes, uh, I would encourage you to take notes. It operates as a fast pass when you get to heaven. You show them your notes. They put you in the short line, get you right in. Uh, The title of the message tonight is The Door Looks Different. The Door Looks Different. I'm going to pray, and uh, we're about to go into this thing. Lord God, we love you so much. Lord Jesus, in this moment, uh, we don't need just another gathering of people in a building, Lord God. We need an encounter with your spirit. Lord, I thank you. You're the only person that knows exactly what each individual person is going through, and you can speak to their hearts so clearly. Lord, I thank you that you would um, fill my mouth, Lord, with your words, not mine. Lord, help me get out of the way so people can see you. In the beautiful name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said? Everybody said? All right. So a little bit about me. I really enjoyed, you probably thought this because I'm just strikingly tall, um, but I really enjoy playing basketball. I played basketball all growing up. Come on, basketball. Shout out to basketball. Um, y'all are just excited for no reason. Okay. Y'all just wait till I start preaching. Y'all gonna be real excited. Um, but I grew up in Kentucky. And so like basketball is like the thing in Kentucky. And so 
when I play basketball, it's like the only time where I like forget that I'm saved and that I'm a pastor and I just start talking trash. And it's just more fun if you talk trash. Like if you don't talk trash in basketball, I promise you there's like 50% of the game that you're missing out on. Because it's like, it's just so much more fun that way. Like as a kid, I would talk trash because I was insecure and I was really short and I was trying to like act like I knew what I was doing. Now I just talk, talk trash because it's fun. It's just people get all worked up and I'm like, dog, like we in the gym at Lifetime. Like you ain't never gonna be in the NBA. Calm down. <laughs> But it's just fun to watch people get worked up. And some of you are the people that get worked up, and you're like, boy, I'm about to put the team on my back. Watch this. It's like, wow, dog, okay. Just you waking up and going to a 9 to 5 in the morning, so just <laughs> calm down. Uh, so anyways, I, I talk trash during basketball, but one of my favorite things to do um, is I like to find me, like, on the court in sixth grade. And what I mean by that is there's always one kid that's like super young that was like, you had nine people and it's like, we need one more. And there's some kid off at the corner shooting by himself. It's like, yo, you come play. And I always like to find that kid and I just gas him up so hard. Like I just write, I always pick that kid because that was me. I was super tiny. I never got picked and I would always pick that kid. So I pick him. I'm like, listen, bro, every time you get the ball, shoot it. Okay, none of these people hold you out here. You're better than all of them. Their knees is weak. They're trash. You're better. Like, I don't care where you get the ball, half court, lay up, you shoot the ball, and we'll get the rebound, all right? And he's like, at first, he's like, yeah, you're weird. Don't talk to me. Like, what? But literally, at the whole game, I'm just, get, right when I pass, shoot it, boy. Shoot it. You better shoot the ball. Shoot the He's trash. Look at him. His ankles is already rolling. You better cross him over. My, like, I just start, like, I'm talking trash on behalf of him, and he's like, if you don't be quiet, these grown people are going to beat me up. But this happens every time. I start gassing them, just like, come on, dog, you got to go. By the end of the game, literally, there was one time I was doing it, and this kid hit four threes in a row. Like, just like, I was like, come on. It's the last play of the game. He literally walks across, and he literally takes, like, two dribbles past half court. And I'm like, shoot it, baby. You're on fire. Like, just, I just, and he just chucks it. It was, like, slow motion and just cash. I literally picked him up, put him on my back, like, let's go. Let's go. What's your, like, he was like, mom, get this guy. But. Never saw him again, but that's a real story, I promise. But I just love, I think like everybody needs that person in their corner. that just like, don't know you, don't really know anything about you, but I'm going to gas you up just because like, really for me, it's just fun to watch him like slowly build his confidence. He's like, maybe I can shoot from half court. It's like, dog, you can't get the bar that far, but it's okay. But... But I just think, like, everybody needs that person that's, like, gassing them just regardless. And Jesus' brothers are gassing him in John 7. They're like, Jesus, they don't know who you are. You can't get famous hanging out here in Galilee. You need to go up to these fools up in Judea and bat out with the miracles and let them know who you are. That's what, like, that, that was one of the ghetto ones. I don't know which one that was. Something you need to know about me. Uh, I'm half black, half white, so I make both jokes. So I may go, like... Some of y'all are so uncomfortable. Calm down. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um, but, like, there was one of the, the that was like, listen, you just need to show them who you are, show them what's up, and, like, you need to come. Like, and the thing I felt like if I was one of Jesus' brothers, I'd be like, Jesus, listen, just do the water to wine thing. I seen you do that. Like, you just hit the button, just a whoop, bam, and then we got wine, and we're going to be good. Like, I need you just to do the wine thing. Jesus, or just do the thing where you walk on the water where you just like, shh. Like, dude, I would just be asking him all the time, like, yo, watch this. Hey, Jesus, go ahead. <laughs> I just feel like that's what I would do if it was his brother. But Jesus is like, yo, I'm not, I'm not doing that. Like, it's not my time. And the issue that the disciples had is they were really just trying to gas Jesus because they saw the potential he had. 
Like they knew, like there's Jesus, there's more inside of you than what you're doing. And like if you don't start showing people that you can do miracles, that you can heal people, you won't have a good following. Now fast forward to today, and this is what a lot of our friend circles are telling you. Listen, there's more in you, and if you don't start posting about it, if you don't start a YouTube channel and tell everybody about it, they won't know, and you can't get famous hiding like that. We are in the generation of trying to prove our potential. Walking around saying, like, yeah, I know I got potential. I know there's something in me. I know I can do it, and I'm going to prove it to people. That's literally what they said to Jesus. Look at the scripture. He's sitting there, and he says, listen, you need to, you can't get famous hiding like this. You can do wonderful things, so show yourself to the world. The disciples are talking to Jesus like, Jesus, listen, like, I know you're trying to chill, and, you know, you're just getting started. It's your first year in ministry. I know you was chilling. I don't know what you're doing for 30 years. You live with your mama. That's a little weird, Jesus, but we ain't going to talk about that. Uh, but, Jesus, you, like, you can do, there's more in you. You need to go show people. You, you got to prove it. You, you got to show the potential that's on the inside of you. The only problem is, is sometimes there are people around you that will only be able to identify your potential, but they are not connecting it to your purpose. So they will try to get you to prove your potential, not knowing what your true purpose is, and you start moving too soon. I want to break this down for you because Jesus is in a moment where he could have stepped in and said, I'm going to go and start doing these miracles. And he said, it's not my time yet. And we're in a generation right now where so many people know they're called from God. They know they've got a plan. They know they're supposed to start the business. They know they're, they're going to be in that relationship. No, and some of you are in here, maybe you're discouraged. Maybe you're feeling like, I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if God has plans for me. God has a plan for you. It is going to come to pass. The things he said over your life are going to come true. You're going to have purpose. You're going to have, it's going to happen. My only tension in the message that I want to bring you tonight is please do not move out of your potential. Please do not, because potential is a funny word, because potential speaks to what you could do. Like when I was young, they'd say, yeah, you've got potential as a basketball player. Well, they didn't know I was going to stop growing after eighth grade, and there was no potential after that. <laughs> but what I mean by that is it's easy to identify potential and not know purpose, but here's what you'll do. If you don't know the purpose that that person is supposed to truly accomplish, you'll assign them to something else that's way beneath what's actually in them. So the disciples didn't know what Jesus' true purpose was. So they said, you should just go do a bunch of miracles. But Jesus knew my purpose is a lot bigger than miracles. And I'm not trying to live up to my potential. I'm trying to live out my purpose. These are two very different things. Can I burst your bubble? You are not supposed to reach your potential. Now, some of you, you, like, let's just think about Jesus. Did Jesus reach his potential? Like, think of what Jesus had the potential to do. Like, what could have Jesus had the potential to, to save humanity without go, ever going to the cross? Like, he... If Jesus is all-powerful, all-knowing, think of what Jesus could have done. Think of what he could have said. Think of all the people he could have healed. He could have, with one snap of his finger, healed humanity for the rest of the Like, it's not because he had a lack of power. Jesus wasn't worried about his potential. He knew he had to reach his purpose. And tonight, I want to I tell you and talk to you about how sometimes in life, you will look at and your, maybe your potential will look more attractive, 
but it's not the door you're supposed to go through. Tonight, I don't want to talk about the doors in your life that you've been looking at and you've been trying to figure out which one is going to get me famous, which one is going to be more seen, which one is going to make me feel better about myself, which one is going to... And tonight, I came to bring some news that sometimes it's a yes, but not yet. Like some of you, this is the exact word you came. Yes, God is going to do it. Just not yet. Yes, you're going to start that business and it's in your heart and you wrote it down in your journal. And just not yet. Yes, you're going to be like you're going to do it and you're called to ministry. You feel like maybe I'm supposed to be a minister. I'm supposed to lead worship or maybe I'm supposed to serve in this certain area. Yes, you're going to do that. But maybe it's just not yet. Like maybe because we're in a generation where we're trying to outrun the pace that God has set for us and we're doing all these things, not what we should do, but all the things we could do because we're trying to live up to our potential. And the pressure of potential, it makes you feel like you got to prove it. Like you got to prove that, like, I got to prove to people that I'm talented. I got to prove to people that I'm that I'm. You know, that I'm somebody, and so I'm going to get in this relationship, and if I meet that person, if they see me with that person, and if I'm dating them, then I'll prove to people that maybe I am worth something. Or maybe you're trying to prove to somebody who wasn't there for you as a child that maybe I'm better than that, and I'm going to move on. So you're doing things that really you weren't supposed to do, but because you had so much potential, you're trying to prove to people that really don't know you and really don't know what you're called to do and really don't care about you, so they spoke things over you that they weren't even intentional with, but God knows you, but you're out here trying to prove Prove things to people that you don't know, that don't know your purpose, and it's running you ragged. I didn't come tonight to make you feel fluffy and great about yourself. I came to challenge you with the message of please do not keep running after things that cannot fulfill you. Please stop trying to prove things to people who don't know what's on the inside of you. God put something on the inside of you, and so he's going to call that thing out at the right time. He's going to call it out the right time. There was a group of people that, that were trying to get Jesus to prove it the entire time of his ministry. It was the Pharisees. They'd come up to Jesus and be like, well, you know, you just like, is he really the son of God? These were the religious leaders of the time. They knew every single law. They followed all these rules. They saw, they read the scriptures. They memorized the scriptures. And they were the ones, and they would come up to Jesus and say like, is, is this really is he really like the son of God? I don't know about him. And he doesn't, he doesn't hang out with the people that he's supposed to hang out with. And he doesn't talk like a Messiah is supposed to talk. And he doesn't do what a Messiah is supposed to do. And these people, they almost, and many of them did, miss the purpose of Jesus because the packaging of Jesus. And this is the tension and the really temptation of the enemy in your life is to get you to focus on what it looks like so much that you miss out on the real thing. This is what happens in so many of your lives. You look at what you think the path of your life is going to be. And you think, okay, at this age, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to graduate high school, and then I'm going to go to this college. And then after I go to this college, I'm going to get that degree. I'm going to get this job. And then I'm going to marry Betty. And then we're going to have two kids. And then they're going to be, you know, then we're going to adopt another kid. And then we're going to start this business. And then we're going to move over here. We're going to live in that neighborhood. And then the first time it gets off plan... You're like, whoa, 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 just a what, what, uh, <laughs> like, but it was because you, you thought it was going to look a certain way. And that's what the Pharisees did. They thought Jesus was going to look a certain way, thought, thought he was going to hang out with a certain type of people. 
They thought he's going he's to look like this. He's going to come in this way. His kingdom's going to overthrow the Roman Empire. He's going to come. He's going to do all these things, and it's going to be amazing, and that's what Jesus is going to be, and they assigned it so tightly that when he showed up, they didn't even realize it was him. And here's what they did. They killed the very thing that was sent to save them. In John 10, Jesus is talking, and he says, I am the door. I am the shepherd, and anybody comes to me, they'll, they'll be able to enter in and out, and they'll be in pastures, and they'll, have, and they'll be able to come, and this is where he goes into, he goes into John 10.10, 10. He, he starts off with, I am the door, and he ends by saying, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you may have life, and life to the full. The Pharisees killed Jesus because the door looked different than what they thought it would. Because the, the path to what they were actually supposed to do looked different than how they made it up in their mind. And I want to come to you with a question tonight of what doors have you killed because they look different than what you thought they would look like in your mind? What opportunities have you shut down because you thought it would come through this relationship? And so you put all your investment, all your energy, all your time with them and then they broke up with you, and so you just decided, I'm not going to let anybody in, but you're, you're going to, if you shut down completely, there's going to be a door, there's going to be an opportunity, there's going to be something that comes, but because it looks different, you, you killed it. There's going to be like, there's, and I want to talk about this because what the opportunity and what you walking in your purpose looks like, I promise you, it's not what the picture is in your head right now. And this is so important that we understand this because so many times we assign our obedience to God if it lines up with the plan that we already made. Like, we can't, don't come in here and be fake. Like, you, there's, it's just a waste of time. You will say, God, I'll do whatever it is as long as it's option one, two, or three. Like, whatever you want to do. And so many of us, we're getting caught up, and there's so many people, believers, not believers, and you're in this point of extreme tension and pressure, and it's not because God doesn't have a, a purpose for you. It's because the door doesn't look like what you thought it would. It's because you walking in your purpose doesn't look like what you thought it would. It's because you being in that relationship doesn't look like what you thought it would. And because you decided it was going to be this way, because you decided this is how it's going to happen, we're missing it. And I just think there's a group of people in here tonight that uh, if you don't remove and separate your obedience to God with how it has to look, and let's get real, like you walking in your purpose, some of you, you're ready to like go right now, but God's asked you to serve in the kids ministry, in the like stinky two-year-old room, and you won't do it, and you killed the door that was sent to save you. Like some of you, you, like God's told you to save money, but because you're trying to keep up with so-and-so, like you, you spend money over and over again, but you're killing the door because what you don't realize is that person that you're trying to prove something to is going to need help from you one day, and God wants you to be so blessed that you can actually help them, but you, you killed the door because like some of you, you're supposed to be the leader, and you're, you will be on the stage like this one day talking to people. But God's asked you to, like, don't tell anybody all that, like, every message isn't for your Instagram feed. Like, don't post. You don't have to post all of them. 
Like, just keep these right now, and I'm going to tell you. When to, but because you're trying to prove it, because you're trying, like, and I'm not saying these things out of, like, ooh, I'm trying to get you. I'm saying these because these are real things for me that I spent years trying to prove to people that, yeah, I am called by God, and you need to know it. If God called you, what does it matter what anybody else thinks about you? Like, me and my wife, uh, right now, um, it, back in September, actually, we were living in a, in a rent house in Tulsa, and uh, we had our, our first conference as a church, and we had the conference, and it went awesome, and we got home, and we woke up the next morning, and we both had this weird sense, like, of, like, this is something weird, like, do you just feel like... I don't know, like the house seems off, like it feels like just out of place or something. So we kept talking about it. And one day I was, I was journaling and I was writing down and I felt so strongly uh, just an impression of God saying like, hey, this, like you need to move out of this house. This isn't your house. Like, this isn't it. I was like, well, so, uh, what you mean? This is my house. I send the rent every first of the month. Uh, but he was saying, no, like very clearly, like, hey, this isn't your house and I need you to move out and move in with Abby's parents. I said, the devil is a liar. You better, <laughs> Satan, where are you at? <laughs> no, but I literally, I wrote it down in my journal, and I was like, I am not saying that to Abby. You know how dumb that is? We got a baby. We had a six-month-old baby at the time. I'm not moving in with her. And her parents are great. It's just like, I'm not moving into a room. Like, that's not me. We live in a room right now. Uh, <laughs> but... And I'm saying this because in that time, God said, hey, listen, I, here's what I want you to do. I want you to move out of your house. Keep paying rent for it. I'm like, God, I thought we were supposed to be saving money. Like, what the? Keep paying rent and let somebody else live in your house. Because if you sow that seed, somebody's going to do that for you. It's like, oh, okay. It's been eight months, and we're still in this room. And I'm like, God, hey, listen, player. Uh... <laughs> I talk to God real. I don't be like, Lord, but Jesus, but God, uh, heavenly. I just be like, listen, God, I can't. I, if I hear one more, uh, no. But I'm not even going to go there. But I'm saying during this time, I've felt so much pressure. And here's the crazy thing. I was dumb enough to get up. I was preaching one Sunday at TC. Then I got up, and I was like, God told us to move out of our house. We were in a series called Crazy Faith, and we moved out. And I was like, we're moving out in Crazy Faith? Oh, bet. Uh, we're moving out in Crazy Faith, and we're going to do it. And God says he's going to give us a house. And I'm like going off like, yeah. And everybody's screaming. And then I'm like, oh, dang. Okay, I told everybody. And now, like, we're still in this room, though. <laughs> And what I'm saying is I started feeling, like, this pressure to, like, prove that, like, I didn't hear God wrong. Like, let's talk about really following Jesus. Like, you get out there and be like, God told me to do this. And then it's like, did God really tell you? Because you're looking stupid living up in that room right now. But I felt like this pressure of, like, God, like, you, you got to do something because I done got up here and we got, like, we got, like, we got this baby in here and, like, I, and I'm feeling this pressure that, like, I got to prove it and I don't, like, God, is that you? And we're looking at different houses. Maybe that's the house. And, like, God, you going to do this one? Who's going to bless us? Anybody know a millionaire? Just hit them to hit me up. Like, if you know, like, and I'm trying to figure out, like, God, is that you? And the door would close. And I said, God, is that you? And the door would close. And, I, and literally, we looked at 10 different houses. God, is that you? No, the door would close. And I kept, and I said, God, like, if you don't do something, 
Like, have you ever felt like that? Like, God, like, okay, this is dope. Hallelujah, you're a way maker. But right now you feel like a haymaker because I'm about to hit you upside your head if you don't. <laughs> but, like, like, let's talk about real. Like, I'm in this thing. I don't have a house. I got a kid. And, like, I still ain't got no money because I'm still paying rent on this goofy other house that was supposed to be a blessing. And I feel this tension of, like, God, you got to show up. Like, you got to do something. And in that moment, I... I was thinking, why do all these doors keep closing? Like, God, are you, like, if you were supposed to do something, why do you keep closing all these doors? And I was reading my Bible, and I want to share with you the scripture. It's Haggai chapter 1. And this is what the Bible says. It says, you hoped for rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heavens, while all of your busy building, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. I read the scripture, and honestly, in the time of, of being in this room with my wife and our baby, and we're trying to figure out, we're trying to save money, and we're trying to look at different houses, and try. I kept looking of like, all these doors just kept closing, and all these things just, and that's what happens in life sometimes, like you try to step out, like God, I'm going to obey you, I'm going to walk in my purpose, and maybe this is the right timing, like you finally waited, and you weren't trying to prove it to people, and you say, okay, God, this is the timing, and the door closes, and okay, God, no, you build your faith back up, and you step back out, and God, man, and they just kept closing, and anytime I felt that pressure, I feel like, God, I just like, I just don't want to blow it, like, I just, I don't want to go too soon. Like, I don't want to get in something. And it was like, oh, shoot, you did something. I was about to give you a house. But you're a dummy. You just went and did it yourself. Like, and I felt this tension of like, just don't blow it. Like, just don't screw it up. Like, and, and there are so many times and I literally just started reflecting of like, God, I just feel like I'm going to mess this up. And you spoke this word. And I would rather you not have just told me. I would rather you not have told me that dream. I would rather you not have told me that I was going to be this because now I'm at a spot where it doesn't look like that, where it doesn't feel like that. And I would much rather you just not have said anything to me. And I could have lived my life without feeling all this pressure that you're not doing what you said you would do. And I started thinking of all these different times of Literally feeling like, I'm just going to blow it. I'm going to mess it up. Like, I can't, I can't do it. And I thought of a time in sixth grade, I was playing basketball, and the, it was coming down to the last, uh, like, 10 seconds of the game. Our team was down by one. I drove the ball, and they fouled me, and the clock ran out. Like, no time on the clock, but I was about to shoot two free throws. One, we tie. Two, we win. I get up to the line, do my little routine, and I'm like, because I was so short. I had to jump on a free throw. I was like... And I missed it. I'm like, ah! I just started bawling, crying, like, for all these people. And so I get back up with, like, the second free throw. I'm like, all right, just make this one to tie it. And I shoot it, and I missed it. We lost the game. And I quit basketball after that. Because I was like, I just, I blew it. Fast forward a little bit. Part of my story, people kind of ask. It's kind of random. I've been at Transformation Church for three years. And you wouldn't know this, but me and my wife started a church four years ago in downtown Tulsa. And we were doing uh, once a month, we called them gatherings. They were like a church service, much similar to this. We would have worship. And I'll get up and preach. And then we would get people in small groups. And we would do them once a month. And we were going to launch um, in January. We started uh, earlier and we kept doing it. I met Pastor Michael. This was before uh, relationship goals and all those different things. He had like 3,000 followers on Instagram. It was posting eight times a day, still just in it, like 
And I was like, I just need to meet this guy and talk to him. And long story short, um, I was spending time with him one time, and God said so clearly, shut your church down and go serve him. And this wasn't like, that would have been easy if it was like the church was going really bad, but it was actually going good. Like in six months, we had 250 people coming. We had saved $100,000. We had signed a lease on a building. Like it was going good. But in that moment, I felt the pressure to prove like I can, I can do this. Like I can be a pastor. God spoke to me. And now like 10 months later, he's telling you to shut it down. Maybe God didn't speak to you. Like, and I, like, let's talk real. Like, I was sitting there thinking, like, God, why would you tell me to start this thing? And I left a job, and people thought I was dumb, and they said, you're not going to do it. You're too young. And then I do it, and it goes great, and then you say, shut it down. And literally, it was the voice that came back up in my head and said, you blew it. You missed it again. This is kind of just your thing. And that's what happens sometimes. You... You're trying to walk in your purpose and you're trying to do what God told you to do and you're trying to, there's decisions that are in front of you and you don't know, like, should I do this one or this one? And there's this pressure and that voice in your head is like, just don't blow it. Like, just don't, don't mess it up. Like, don't. And some of you in here, that's where you are. Like, the enemy's like, just don't screw it up. Like, you, if you try to step out and do that thing that God said you were gonna do, you're gonna blow it. If you try to get in that relationship and live pure and not have sex before you're married, you're going to blow it because you know everybody in your family had sex before they were married and some of them got pregnant. And so you should just like, don't mess it up. Like, don't blow like you. And literally, I read this scripture and something stuck out to me so clear. It says, you hoped for a rich harvest, but they were poor. And when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Now, this is going to mess with your theology, but I was sitting in a moment and God said, Charles, what if you didn't blow it? What, what if I blew it? You hoped for a rich harvest, and when you brought your harvest home, when you came home with that dream, when that opportunity came home, I blew it away. This is God talking. And I said, and I said, God, why would, like, what do you mean? You, why would you? And he says, I love you too much. I care about your purpose too much to let you waste it on stuff that is far beneath your potential. So when you assigned yourself that was something that was below you, I blew it away. I'm the one that closed that door. I'm the one that told them to break up with you. I'm the one that made that business fail. I'm the one that hasn't opened up the house yet because I know if you went through that door, it would lead you to a place that you weren't supposed to go to. And if you would stop looking at every door and trying to assume what God's gonna do, assume what relationship you're supposed to be in, assume how you're gonna be on the platform one day. And if you would just wait and say, God, if you want me to go this way or you want me to go that way, I'm with you because my obedience is not connected to an outcome, it's connected to walking in my purpose. I just, I came to, for somebody, you're in here right now and you feel all the weight that you screwed it up. The pressure that you're in, the hurt that you're feeling, you're holding the weight thinking I blew it. I want to encourage you, maybe you didn't. Maybe God did. Maybe he knew you weren't strong enough right now to say no. So he just took him out of your life. 
Maybe he knew like if you got the job you wanted right now, he knows your character isn't strong enough to hold it up. So he told them to deny you for the job. And here's the thing. The closed door isn't a sign that God's not with you. Doors don't close by themselves and they don't open by themselves. And so what that means is many times we look to the open doors to say that's where God is. But I'm telling you right now, I am more sure than I have ever been before in my life living in a bedroom with my wife and my one-year-old son that the closed door is just as much of a sign as the open door because I know that God's got a plan, he's got a purpose, and if he says yes, if he says no, if I'm in the room again for another year or we get a house tomorrow, I'm confident that he who began a good work in you will be faithful to see it to completion. Would you stand up all over this room? I wanna take a moment and just pray over some of you in this room that maybe feel like there's some pressure in your life and maybe you're feeling the pressure to prove it. Maybe you're feeling like you gotta go a little too early. You're trying to start something. You're trying to do something. And right now you have a sense in you that maybe it's just not time. Maybe it's not time to go to Judea. Maybe I'm just gonna hang out in Galilee where people can't see me, where I won't be on the stage, where it won't be obvious on the gifting that's on the inside of me. But there's a peace that's settling right now that I don't have to prove it. And I don't have to look at the closed doors as a sign that God's not with me. But right now I just need a sense of knowing that regardless of what happens, God's with me and he cares about me if you're in this room and maybe there are some doors that have closed there's some opportunities that haven't gone your way and you say I just need prayer to like keep going with this thing and keep having faith would you lift your hand right now I just want to pray for you all over this room you say you know what that's me that's I just got an area that I need God's strength in Lord God you see your people Lord God, in this moment, we're not lifting our hands, Lord God, saying that we all have it all figured out, Lord Jesus. We're saying we need your help. Lord God, we need your help to continue to walk in our purpose. We need your help to not try to prove it to other people, Lord God. We need your help to find our identity in you, Lord Jesus. I thank you right now that people are getting secure in Christ Jesus. Come on, some of you right now, you've been trying to prove things to people. I can hear it so clearly. Some of you, it was a mother or a father or a family member that right now, you're about to do something and it's to prove them wrong. God says you don't have to do that. I love you. I care about you. Some of you, you're trying to prove things to people that left you in a past season. You don't have to do that because you're secure in Christ. Lord, I thank you that our confidence does not come from an individual. It doesn't come from a certain amount of money. It doesn't come from a certain amount of followers, but it comes from Jesus Christ. I thank you that we are secure in you. Can put your heads down every head bowed every eye still closed just for a moment there are some of you in this room and if you're honest with yourself you don't know if you have a, a, a clear relationship with Jesus Christ maybe you've been to church a bunch maybe you've never been to church maybe you 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 walked with God in a season and you walked away and maybe you're feeling the pressure of life like if you're honest, you just feel the pressure of trying to do it by yourself and you're trying to please people and trying to prove it, but you can't do it in your own strength and you can feel it. And there's this pressure that you have of what am I gonna do and I, I feel like I can't hold it up and I feel like I'm not strong enough. Here's the thing, you don't have to be. Some of you in this room, you're carrying things that you were never intended to carry. There's a man named Jesus, and he came to this earth, and he lived a perfect, sinless life, so you didn't have to carry the stuff that's trying to break you right now. And some of you in this room, what you're going to do is I'm going to count to three, and on the count of three, you're going to lift your hand. What you're saying when you lift your hand is I surrender to Jesus. I'm not doing it by myself. And here's the thing. You don't have to clean up. You don't have to stop doing anything. 
You don't go to a hospital healed. You go in because you need help. And it's the same way in the church of Jesus Christ. You don't have to stop drinking, stop smoking, stop having sex with people. If you surrender your life to Jesus, he'll help you with all that other stuff. The enemy will try to tell you you're not good enough. Don't make that decision. Don't lift your hand. People are going to think you're weird. Don't listen to that voice. This is a moment where your life can be changed forever. I'm going to count to three. And if you want to accept Jesus into your life, it's going to be the best decision you ever made. One, he loves you. Two, he's proud of you. Three, lift your hand right now if you want to accept Jesus into your life. Come on, all over this room. We're so proud of you. He loves you so much. Come on, can we give it up for people accepting Jesus? Here's what I want to do. Everybody, if you could just repeat this prayer after me. We're going to all say it together because nobody prays alone. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. Thank you for loving me. Dear Jesus, I admit I've made mistakes. Save me, change me, transform me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you just made that decision, it's the best decision you could ever make. Hey, listen, can we give it up for everybody who gave their life to Christ? Hey, listen, get planted. Get planted in Red Rocks. Keep coming to church. People love you here. Hey, listen, I think we're going to take some time right now and just continue to worship God together. Would you lift your hands right now? We're going to worship our good God for everything that he's done for us.